What do you want to be when you grow up? How did you answer that question as a kid? It was so easy to answer that question as a kid. Hey everybody, Oz from Homesteady here, by the way, and welcome to what I think I'm gonna call Make Homesteady. We've been saying the words Make Homesteady in our podcast intro for years, and this show is all about taking action, actually making something happen, and the whole point of this podcast that I'm sending to you through your email inbox is about making your home, your homestead, making it steady, a place that's safe, a place that you can enjoy being at, make home steady, getting you that life that you really want, making it happen. So welcome to Make Home Steady. I might change the, the title tomorrow. We're building this together and I just want to thank you for listening. Let's dive right in. You listen to yes. I'm assuming you listened to yesterday's episode, and that's why you're here for day two. And I want to talk about that question: What do you want to be when you grow up? As a kid, that that question was so easy to answer because you had no real perception of reality. I would answer that question as far back as I can remember as uh, a paleontologist. I wanted to dig for dinosaur bones because at the time I didn't know how much boring years sitting through college courses I would have to take to be able to be funded to become a paleontologist. I didn't know how hard it would be to get a position as a paleontologist. Uh, I I didn't know that by the age of 10 I was no longer going to be so into dinosaurs that I would actually even not want to do that anymore. I had no concept of any of these barriers. I just knew I wanted to dig for dinosaurs because I thought dinosaurs were so cool. Let's get a little bit further in my life. I wanted to be an astronaut. By about third grade to fourth grade, I wanted to be an astronaut. I had no concept of, again, how many boring years of college I was going to have to go through. And then what other prerequisites, which uh, you know might involve things like going into the military, Uh, becoming some like super specialized scientist professions that just are not for me. So I didn't have any real concept that no, I probably wasn't going to be an astronaut. All I knew is that I wanted to be one. My parents sent me to space camp and I performed pretty well at space camp. So I kind of figured like I had it in the bag. Yep. I'm going to be an astronaut. Yeah, that didn't work out either. (laughs) Ironically, by about sixth grade, I think I had found my calling. In sixth grade, I started a show called The Ost Leno Show, and it was a once a week show that I did for what our school called a cluster, which was basically like a group of classes that all, you know, four teachers who you went to throughout the school day. Uh, So those four teachers' classes would all meet together once a week and watch The Ost Leno Show, which was kind of like a comedy show where we touched on current events, what was happening in school, what was happening in the news. And the teachers let me put this show on once a week. I don't know why they did that. They had no reason to allow me to do this. All four classes would get together to watch this show. And I can't thank Miss Payne enough for actually letting this happen because it totally showed me the power of what a show can do, what building an audience can do. And we're going to talk a lot about that as we continue down this journey together of making your life what you want it, making home steady. Uh, 
so that I, I think I'd found my calling, but I did stray from it for a long time. I got away from producing shows. I got away from making, you know, shows that entertained people and inspired people. It wasn't until 2014 where I started my podcast, Homesteady, uh, that I got back to what I think is really my life's calling, professionally speaking, which is, uh, you know, to produce a show, to encourage people, to inspire people, to motivate people, uh, and to share a lot of what I've learned over, you know, the years doing what I do. The real point of this conversation is to say, as a kid, it is so easy to just answer that question, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because you don't have any concept of how hard it will be to be the thing you most are interested in, the most excited about. You want to be a paleontologist not because you want to you know, study the spine of a brontosaurus to find out how large those bones, I don't even know what a paleontologist does, as you can see by the fact that I'm just making something up on the spot here. Uh, I've lost that life goal of becoming a paleontologist. I have no concept of what they do. But the, the point is you just love dinosaurs, and so the way to be immersed in dinosaurs is to be a paleontologist. Uh, you love space and the moon and astronauts and flying around. You want to be an astronaut. But then as we get older, we get just smacked by the reality of life, which is, no, you're not going to be that. No, you're not going to be that. You're probably going to be, at best, a middle manager somewhere, uh, not get paid enough to work with the people that you don't like being around and have to drive hours a day there and back to do that, and you're going to be in debt, and you're going to wish you had been an astronaut, but, yeah, that's definitely not happening. What do you want to be when you grow up? If you could answer that question now, as an adult, take away all the reality of, no, you're not going to be able to because of this, because of that, because of that. What would you want to be? The whole point of this series, this is not a series that I'm putting together. This is not an email podcast that I send only to the people who want it to just kill some of your time. This, the whole point of this show is to motivate you and help you and me grow and build the lives that we want, actually make Homesteady. So what is that? You have to be able to define that. You have to be able to answer that. And if you can't, there's no point in listening to any more episodes. But I understand if you're having trouble because reality has smacked us up so many times, it's hard as an adult to answer that question without smirking and thinking like, oh, we're playing pretend here. Really, what do you want to be when you grow up? In five years, in 10 years, where do you want to be and what do you want to be doing? And for Kay and I, we have been going through this practice for years now. I am really big on brainstorming. I love brainstorming. I took a manufacturing class in high school. It was one of the few classes I enjoyed and it's because so much of that class was spent brainstorming, just sitting down with a group of like-minded people, different minds, people who challenged me, people who totally didn't see the world like me, just a whole different group of people all together trying to solve a problem and thinking up a million ideas. And the rule of brainstorming, I've talked about this before in our other podcast, no negatives. 
no limitations. Don't say, oh, we can't because of this and we can't. No, no, no. Just rip them off and just think, what do you want to do? What could you do? So when you grow up, whether that's five years, because I hate to break it to you, but you're still growing. You're still growing up, whether it's in number, in size, in whatever it is. If, if you're 20 plus years old, you're still growing up. What do you want to be when you grow up? Where do you want to be in five years, 10 years, 20 years? And the best way can I have found to do this is to really picture our perfect life. No matter how far away it is, what does that look like? What does our perfect life look like? And this changes from year to year, but it doesn't change a lot. I'm going to tell you now what my perfect life looks like. And the best way to do that, that I figured out is really to think of like what a perfect day looks like. So let's focus on perfect day. My perfect day. I wake up when my body wakes me up. I don't have an annoying alarm going I hate that sound. I hate that feeling. When I'm excited about getting up for something, I can wake up really early. When hunting season comes around and I have that perfect day and the perfect tree stand hung and I know exactly where I'm going to be and I got a good feeling I'm going to have a nice big deer step out in front of me and I'm going to be able to feed my family from that thing. I guarantee you I will be up at 2.30 in the morning with no alarm. I'm excited for that day. I know what it takes. My body will wake me up then. Perfect day of fishing, that that my body will wake me up for a little bit later. I'm excited to get out fishing, but I don't have to wake up at 2.30. Usually I'll wake up for a perfect day of fishing somewhere around 5.30. Now, if you hate the sound of waking up at 5.30, that's okay. This isn't about you. This is my perfect day. So I wake up at 5.30 and I start with just my morning cup of coffee. And I love a good latte, so my nice, delicious hot latte in my Yeti mug, keeping it nice and warm. I I gather up the kids. The family is not all going to go at 5 in the morning, but some of my kids are. Uh, So whichever kids are willing to, they head out with me we go down to the body of water and the boat's already in the water there's no trailering the boat there's no uh hooking up to the boat packing it no it's there and it's ready we hop on the boat and we head out and in my perfect world we're actually going out fishing for striped bass i love fishing for striped bass they put up a great fight they're delicious when you decide to keep one to eat it I think they're a very beautiful fish. I just love fishing for stripers. It's my favorite fish to go fishing for. So me and whichever kids are willing, I picture uh, a couple of my kids are a little bit more into fishing than the others. So those ones are with me and off we go in the boat. It's already in the dock. We hop in, we, we head out in this, and it's a center console boat. It's primed and ready for fishing on, you know, the bays and the open waters. I'm not a big ocean fisher. I get a little nervous going out into the ocean, but I don't mind going out into a big bay, fire up the sonar, boom, I'm marking fish. We got bait over the side. We're starting to catch them. We get a couple stripers, maybe a flounder. By about 11 o'clock, this part of my day is done, and I'm coming back to the the dock i got cooler full of a couple of keepers we sent most of the fish home because i just love catching them and i don't want to take too much from the ocean but we can't we did keep a few because i love fresh fish we come back to the house 
and the rest of the family who likes to sleep in is just getting up. We'll say we came back at 10. Give them, you know, we'll give them 10 o'clock. They're getting up now. Second coffee, having a coffee together. Uh, up goes the breakfast, and the breakfast is, you know, farm fresh bacon and eggs and some pancakes. We're having a coffee. We're having breakfast. We're taking an hour or two to have breakfast. And by now it's lunchtime and we're just having breakfast. But that's my perfect day. And it's only halfway done. As you're listening to this, maybe some things are sticking out. You're saying like, oh, I hate that idea. I don't want to do that. I don't want to wake up at 5 on my perfect day. That's okay. This is my perfect day. What is your perfect day? When do you wake up? That question right there can really get some some things in your head, you know, some gears spinning. Because if you have to wake up every day at five in the morning, I don't. I can wake up whenever I want right now because I've built a life that allows me to wake up. Now I do wake up at 5.30 every day because that's what I, I like to get a good early start on my day. But if you have to wake up at 5.30 and you hate it, there's a clue right there that something is off in your life and you need to make some changes so you don't have to wake up at 5.30. You might want to if it's a morning of fishing. You might never. Kay, my wife, Kay, she will never want to wake up at 5.30 in the morning. It doesn't matter what's happening. She does not want to have her eyes open at 5.30 in the morning. And a lot of you are going, yeah, I'm with her. <laughs> okay, so we finish up breakfast, and now what? Now it's just a beautiful sunny day. I'm near the beach. Obviously, I'm saltwater fishing, so I'm near the beach. So I head on down to the beach for a little while. I love going to the beach, laying on the beach. Uh, maybe there's a little bit of a, a couple waves with a good offshore breeze. I can catch a few rides on my surfboard, and I just enjoy a little bit of time at the beach. Come back to my homestead where my family is after uh, you know the midday laying around on the beach. And I, no matter what I'm doing, no matter where I am in the world, uh, I'm always going to have some livestock. I'm always going to have some animals. I love uh, feeding my family, my family from the land. Fishing is a big part of that. Hunting is a big part of that. Uh, but I, I love farm fresh eggs. I love having farm fresh bacon. So no matter where I am, my current farm, the farm we left back in Connecticut, or my future dream life that I'm talking about right now, I got some animals and I have worked it so that with the help of automation, with the help of technology, I can do my farm chores about once a day. And my favorite time to do farm chores is in the evening hours because it's just a little bit cooler. Uh, everything's a bit more peaceful, I find, in the evening hours. There's no rush because you got to get something done throughout the day. So I like doing farm chores in the evening. Automation means all my chickens were automatically let out when the sun came up. Automation means all the things that needed water got water automatically. So I don't have to waste time doing all these little chores like opening the door, checking, you know, filling waterers manually with buckets. No, my farm runs with the help of automation. That way I get to maximize my time actually enjoying these animals, looking at them, checking on them. I just enjoy watching them. I love watching animals. The sad reality is if you have a farm and a lot going on, you don't get to spend a lot of time watching them because usually you're cleaning up after them, filling a water bucket, filling a feeder. 
But with the help of automation, robotics, the way technology is going, more and more is done so that I can just enjoy having the animals and attend to the needs that a robot can't. If I see something's wrong with an animal and I gotta help it out, I don't have to spend time feeding it or watering it. That happens automatically. Boom, I'm over there just caring for the animal's well-being. And if I, they're all happy and healthy, I get to sit in a chair and watch them do their thing. Very, very hands-off. I, myself, am a hands-off farmer. Maybe you think, boy, Austin, you sound like a lazy farmer. You don't want to do any of the real work. If you like hauling buckets of you know water to your animals, go for it. Not my style. I want automation to do a lot of the chores for me. And, and I'm doing that right now in my current homestead. Every year I look at how can we make this work better? How can we do this with less manual labor? That's how I run my farm. Again, this is my dream day. You can think of how yours would be. This is mine. After that, we're talking about dinner time now. We're going to be cooking up that fresh fish that we caught that morning. We're going to be gathering around the table again as a family. Now we have the fresh fish. We have the fresh farm goods. Kay loves to bake. So, of course, there's some fresh baked sourdough bread there. Maybe a little homebrew, something, wine, beer. Maybe I didn't even brew it. I'm not much of a brewer myself. Uh, but I just got lots of buddies who make really good brews, and I certainly want one of those on the table. We enjoy a nice dinner together as a family. Afterward, the guitars come out, the pianos, you know, and the piano is already there. It's huge. It didn't come out, but you get what I'm saying. Violins, cellos, we're playing a little bluegrass, singing songs. There's a campfire. And I'm pretty tired at this point because I've been up since, you know, 5 in the morning catching stripers. So... I've had a full day doing everything I love with the people I love. By about 10 o'clock, I'm already asleep in my lawn chair next to the fire, and somebody's waking me up to, hey, get back to bed. You got another perfect day tomorrow. That is my perfect day. Some of you listen to parts of that and are like, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. Some of you listen to parts of it and are like, eh, I don't know about that. Take from that what you like, but but build your own. And start it in the morning. Start it when you wake up. Do you like to get an early start? Then start your day early. Do you like to sleep in? That's okay. Sleep in. What do you do through the day? What passions, what hobbies do you have that you would spend so much more time doing if you had the time? Gardening. Is it gardening? Do you love to garden? Put that in your perfect day. I don't love to garden, so you noticed I didn't mention anything about a garden. I don't love to garden. I am happy to buy farm fresh veggies at the farmer's market. I don't like gardening, so it's not in my perfect day. Is it in yours? Put it there. Is reading a good book something you'd love to do? Put it there. Is writing a good book? Are you, are you someone who loves to write, to create stories? My sister, she loves writing. She, When she was in high school, she wanted to be an author. She is an author now. She's wrote some books. Uh, she doesn't do it full time, but she's building on that passion and she's able to actually provide, you know, make make money writing and helping others with their writing. So she's not all the way full time, 100% an author yet, but she's moving on that. She's making it happen. What could you do? What would your perfect day look like? I want this podcast, this private podcast sent to your email inbox. This is just for you and for me. 
I want it to help you move the ball forward. This is really me trying to help you get that life you want. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I just told you my perfect day and I went into some good detail about it. I know you can do the same thing with some time. So we're approaching the end of today's episode. I want you to take some time throughout your day today. And I want you to think about your perfect day. What's in it? What do you do? And here's where I'm going to ask you to do something really important that if you do it, you are way more likely to make or beat my 1,312 day journey from starting my idea to quitting my job. Uh, that My goal here is to have you quitting your job if you don't like your job and you want to do something different and you want to change your life. Whatever you want to change, I want it to happen quicker than 1,312 days. That's how long it took me to start my podcast and then quit my, my full-time job and become self-employed on my homestead. I want it to be quicker for you. And that's why I'm putting this together because I think I didn't have me to tell me, hey, don't do this, do this, try this. But you can have me telling you, try this, don't do that. I did that. It didn't work. You can have, you can learn from my mistakes that I had to go through 1,312 days with. So here's what I'm going to tell you now. If you take the time to do this, you will be much more likely to be able to change your life quicker than I did. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to write me an email. Send me an email. Hey, Aust, this is my perfect day. And then boom. Tell me from sunrise to sunset what you did. I really want to read those for a couple of reasons. First, I want to read them because I want to get to know you better. And I promise you, even though I don't respond to every email that's sent to me, I can't. So many messages, so many emails every single day, so many Facebook DMs, Instagram, and YouTube comments and all that. I cannot respond to all of them. I read all of them. I read every single one. And the reason I can't respond to all of them is because I don't like half-hearted responses. I don't like saying like, hey, that a boy, you betcha, keep it up, bro. If I'm going to respond, I want it to be heartfelt, and I just can't do that many heartfelt responses. But I read them all. I'm going to read the one you send me. That's one reason I want you to email me, tell me your perfect day, so I get to know you better, and I get to understand what you need as I make this series, as I make this podcast. I can understand what you actually need to here and how I can help you better. But the other reason is if you take the time to write it down, if you take the time to figure it out and write it and send it in an email and click send and there it is, it now exists in the world. You now have to answer to that, what do you want to be when you grow up? You go back, your mom's got a folder somewhere with Oh, a picture you drew, what I want to be when I grow up, and it's got a picture of an astronaut. And you can look at that now and you can feel embarrassed, you can feel sad. More than likely, you just feel like, oh, that's cute, I wanted to be an astronaut. I don't want to be an astronaut anymore. I'm not sad I'm not an astronaut. I don't want to be one. <laughs> uh, but this is different because you're, you're writing this later on in life. This is your perfect day now. And if you haven't achieved it in 10 years, maybe not your perfect day, because I haven't achieved my perfect day and I've been at this for years now, years and years and years. Uh, but if you don't even have your life headed in that direction in 10 years, if you're in the same place in 10 years and you, you look back on this email and you go, wow, I said to Austin I wanted to do this and 10 years has gone by and look, I haven't done any of it. You should be embarrassed. You should feel sad about that. 
Because if you let a decade of your life go by and you didn't get any closer to your perfect dream day, you wasted 10 years of your life. And that's that's on you. You're the only person who can, can make the changes that are needed to get yourself there. So write this email. Send it to me. I'll get to know you better. But you will be on on record saying this is what I want and now you got to make the changes to get you there think about that dream day tell me about your dream day don't limit it don't say well I shouldn't put this because I'm not going to be able to do it no just what's your dream day email me austithisishomesteady.com I can't wait to read your email I just want to let you know I've made this really easy for you to do the web page that you are streaming this episode off of from my website, you'll notice if you scroll down below where the podcast player is, you're actually going to find a form right there where you can put right there on that web page your dream day. Click the submit button. It's going to be sent to me. Not only is this going to help me make a better podcast, I'm going to in the future send this back to you. And that way it keeps you accountable, reminds you where you should be, keeps you on track. So take the time today, just on the webpage where this episode is streaming from, just scroll down, fill out that form, your perfect day, hit submit, off it goes to me. And in the future, you'll get it back, helping you get that better life one little step at a time, constantly getting closer. <laughs>